is strength. There is hope. There is power. There is joy in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he. And Catherine, you have reminded us this morning, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Would you take out your Bibles? Would you open your Bibles at home? Would you open to the Gospel of John, John chapter 12? We're going to begin in verse 20. These next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this idea of disciple. What is the disciple? We're going to look at the practice and the identity, the calling and the purpose. John 12, verse 20. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, no. It is for this reason that I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing heard it and said, and thought it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, the voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Let's pause for a moment of prayer. Oh, Lord, speak as your word has been proclaimed. Speak in this feeble attempt, Lord, Lord, to bring you present. Lord, that we may know your power and your purpose. Lord, that we may know that it is you we pray our prayer, trusting in the name and the power of the living Christ. Amen. Disciple. Do you know or do you realize that in the Bible, discipleship is never mentioned? Discipleship is never mentioned, not one place in the Bible, but following Jesus is. And Jesus called, and Jesus is calling. Mateteo is the Greek word for disciple, and many times we see disciple as a two-stage process. We accept Christ, and then we work, and we are conformed, and we are taught, and we are led into a disciple. That is linguistically irrelevant, and is it, it is inaccurate. 
A disciple simply means a Christian. If you have accepted Christ, you are a disciple. That's where we see in Acts eleven twenty six. it says the first Christians at Antioch were called disciples. Disciples, Christians. Paul never uses the term disciple. And you only find the word disciple in the Gospels and Acts. But the disciple is a Christian. And yet this morning, the passage that we read... The passage that you heard, it is, there is, it is pregnant with activity. Lazarus had been raised. She had poured perfume on Jesus' feet. The time was short, and Jesus realized it. It's just like, I don't know if this happens to you, but it seems like that Sunday happens, and then the week comes, and before you know it, we're back to Sunday. The weeks fly by. Jesus knew that his time was short. It was getting shorter, and he had all of these random things that people were coming to him, and yet in the midst of all of this, there was this request, Sir, they want to see you. They wish to see Jesus. They want to see you. They want to talk to you. In the Greek there, seeing is, is not just to see visually, but it is to be in your presence. Sir, they wish to see Jesus. In the middle of all the random things that were happening, it kind of reminds me of this week. I had the opportunity. I was sitting with the family at the hospital. And I was talking to the family, and we were, we were engaged in, in what I felt like was just strong connection and pastoral care and, and love, and, and they were talking to me. And then out of the corner of the, my eye, I noticed there, there was this lady standing right to my left. And I, what I remember about her was she had an Ingalls bag in her hand. She was pretty short, and she had something in her hand that looked like a sandwich. I had never seen this lady she said to me, out of all of these people, out of all the people on the floor in the hospital, all the people moving, we were, we were close to the cafeteria. You wouldn't be surprised of that with me. We were, we were close to the cafeteria. And the lady says to me, Sir, how long do you think I need to put this sandwich into the microwave? I'm not sure, ma'am. I looked around to, to see if she was really talking to me, and, and yet Missy and I, we, we have this discussion all the time. I said, why, why do I get all these questions? Why do, why do I engage people? Why, why do they come to me? Why do they ask me these things? And Missy says, and, and this is her theory, and I'm not sure that I totally buy it. We have our disagreement there. She said, it's because you talk so loud. And I, and I think she probably is right. She said, people can't help but be engaged. They hear what you're saying. You're, you're talking to us, and they're in the conversation. But I'm sitting right there with the family, and this lady comes up to me, and she's holding a, a sandwich that's in a plastic wrap, and she asks me, how long, how long should I put this in the microwave? Do you think it's even microwavable? Random. So I looked at the family, and I looked back at the lady, and I said, I'm not, I'm not sure. Does it say it on the package? 
She said, it's a good sandwich. I'm, I'm, I'm starving and I need to get this thing out. Tell me how long I need to put it in the microwave. So I get up from the family and I said, let's, let's look at this together. So we're looking at the sandwich and it says on there, uh, put for 90 seconds. So I said, Here, here's our answer. Just take it out of the package and put it in there and, and hit uh, one, one and a half minutes. You should be good. And so I leave her at the microwave and I go back and I sit down and continue our conversation with the family. And she said to me as I'm walking away, oh, thank you so much. You are a godsend. I want to bring you back to this conversation, but I, won't, I want to share with you that, that pretty much feels like what is happening with Jesus. He knew his time was short and he wanted, he wanted those around him to know that, that he was going away and, and, and the hour has almost come and the disciples come to him and they say, sir, they, they want to see you, they want to see you, they want to talk to you. And, simple and direct and yet profound request. We wish to see Jesus. As a follower of Christ, as a disciple, that is the ultimate question of everyone that interacts with you. That is the task of your life. That's the task. If you have accepted Jesus, if you are in relationship with Jesus, that is the task of your life, to let others see Jesus in you. And yet we need to ask ourselves, if we are a disciple, how do persons see Jesus in you? How do persons see Jesus in me? We look in this passage. They come to Jesus, they're asking him, and Jesus says, bring them. These were the Greeks. These were the Greeks who were hanging around with the Jews. These were the Greeks that agreed with Jesus on the monotheism. These were the Greeks that agreed with Jesus on the, old, on the Ten Commandments. These were the Greeks that were ready, ready to receive, and they wished to see Jesus, and Jesus said, my hour's almost here. I want us to think this morning about this idea of disciple, about person seeing Jesus in you, about person seeing Jesus in me. I, I like to say it's the four F's, the three F's, excuse me. Follow, fellowship. And, and see, this, is, this strikes at the heart of anyone that says, you know, I can experience God uh, by the stream, I can experience God out in nature. Yes, you can, but, but to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus, it is nothing that you do alone. It is in context with someone else. It is in context of community, fellowship, koinonia. And then the third F is fishing. We're going to follow, we're going to have fellowship, and we're going to fish for people. 
We're going to talk to people. We're going to, we're going to let people see Jesus in us. How do, we, how do we do that? How do people see Jesus in you? I would say the first is faith. Faith is a gift. Do you realize that? Faith is a gift. It is something that you can ask from the Lord. Lord, help me see you at work. Help me see you at work. At work in the lives, at the work in my lives. Lord, and, and Scripture says, if you ask in Jesus' name, what is, what is the promise? You will receive. Faith to see Jesus at work. Faith that, that others would see Jesus in me. There's a supporting scripture, and we're going to hopefully look at it next week. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, faith to see in others need, faith to see in ourselves needs, faith to see Jesus. Faith is critical to not only see Jesus, but for others to see Jesus in you. Worship. It's what we're doing this morning. It's, it's, it's what churches gather to see Christ in community, to, to share stories. Last week we had our church dialogue session, and it was fantastic. It, it, I never thought I would say this about a business meeting, but it was a lot of fun because we were seeing glimpses of Jesus talking about human plans talking about how we can feed and care and love, and the, Jesus showed up. And Jesus is here in worship this morning. Sir, that we would see Jesus. I was talking to a colleague, friend, in an accountability group this past week, and he said, I got to tell you this story. He said, it's an amazing story of, of, of a parishioner in my church he said, the, the preacher came to me and she, she shared this story. He said, I hadn't seen her in a long time at worship. And then one Sunday, she showed up. In fact, she was there last Sunday. And she said, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you now. And it's about my child. It's about my seven-year-old daughter. And the pastor said, it's so, it's so good to worship with you. And I, I want to tell you that we missed you and the lady shared with him that his, her seven-year-old daughter said, Mom, I want to go to church next week. And then the daughter went on and she said, Mom, I, I, know, it's, I know it's not important to you. I know on Sunday morning we go hiking and we, we rest. It's your only day, and, and you, you've shared that so many times. It's your only day that you can sleep in. But Mom, I want to go to wor worship. I want to go to church because I want to see Jesus as the church worships. And my friend said that he was so, con that, that the mother was so convicted that it caused her to think, what are, what are we teaching? What am I teaching? How am I leading? How, how Sunday is a day of rest, but it's more than hiking. It's more than catching up on tasks. It's more than sleeping in. It is about worship. And, and my friend said that his parishioner, she said, I will never get this wrong again. If I'm given the opportunity for worship, we will worship. 
because her seven-year-old daughter longed to see Jesus and she believed that she could see Jesus in a worshiping church. What a crazy idea. What a powerful idea that, that she would see Jesus not only in worship, but as, as the church disbands, as the church goes out into the world. Faith and worship. Let me give you a challenge, and I want you to try this this week. You want to see Jesus? You want Jesus to be seen in you in the, in the morning before you? Or when you get up out of bed, before you reach for the phone, before you reach for the remote control, just spend some time and check in with the Lord. I know it'd be hard because there, there are emails that need to be answered, there are texts that need to be responded to, there, there are things happening in the world that, that you want to catch up and you want to know what happened overnight, but before you do anything else, spend some time and check in with the Lord. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But it is hard because we all have our routines. But before you do anything else, check in. Spend time with the Lord. Listen and speak if you should, but spend time in His presence. And you may need to move that phone across the room. You may need to put it somewhere else in the house. You may need just to train yourself that before you do anything else, you're going to spend this time. Or the same could work at the end of the day. Spend time with the Lord. It'll change. It'll change what you see, how you see. Because a disciple, remember, is a Christian. And in that word is the following in relationship with the Lord. Jesus on in verse 27 says, my soul is troubled. Time is almost here. Jesus is saying, my soul is troubled. We all can admit that there's trouble everywhere, isn't there? There's trouble in the world. There's trouble in our families. There's trouble in the fellowship. There's trouble there's strain and there's struggle. And yet Jesus gives us permission. Jesus gives us permission to voice these and to realize that we serve and love and follow someone that has overcome everything that you and I may experience. Look down in verse 32, which is the key of this. This is the huge but in this passage because Jesus is saying, my heart is troubled. And, and, and God hears him and God sends out the voice. I have glorified you once and I will do it again. And the people around said, did you hear that? They thought it was thunder. But God was speaking and God was saying, you have what you need you have what you will need you have all that you need i am with you and the, jesus comes to verse 32 which is which is the power which is the power of any believer which is the power 
of any church. If I be lifted up, what did he say? I'm going to draw others. If in you following me, if in you being a disciple, if in you calling on me, if you lift me up, if you focus on me, I'll draw others. I'll draw everyone to myself. If I be lifted up, if you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember this about a disciple. A disciple is lifting up Jesus. A church that is alive, a church that is on mission, it's a church that lifts up Jesus. Amen? If I be lifted up. It's a mystery. It's a mystery how God draws people. But we are told in Scripture that we are made in the image of God. If I be lifted up, I will draw persons to myself. I remember this idea of drawing so powerfully in my first pastorate. There was a community shelter for those that had no home. It was a shelter that a, a building was purchased downtown and, and they were... 60-something churches in the, in the county, and each church would sign up to work in the shelter one week out of the year, and sometimes it was two weeks, and we looked forward to that. You would, you would work, the church each night would bring a meal, and there would be two people who would stay overnight with those that would come and eat and those who would stay. This Sunday night happened to be my night, and I was... I was so excited because I was going to be there and, and just to be able to talk and be able to help and, and minister and listen to the stories and just interact. And one of the gentlemen that came in, he had, he had an old worn out Bible. It, it looked like the back of it was missing and it was flapping around. And he said, Brother Preacher, can I, can I help you with devotion tonight? And I said, by, by all means, you can, you can help. I'd love to work with you. And he said, what is your passage? And, and I shared with him this passage. That I read this very same passage to them. And he said, oh, I can, I can work with that. I can, I can do this. I am all about this because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all this. And I was like, yes, that's exactly right. We are going to discover and, and talk about what that all that means. And I started in my devotion, and we were going, and I had a lot of amens. They were coming. There were about 16 men there, and they were, they were saying, amen, preach it, brother. I was getting stronger and stronger, and as Missy would know, say, louder and louder. <laughs> Till in the response that I was making and interacting with God's Word, I noticed there was a gentleman sitting in the circle, and he took out, it looked like a dollar bill, but it was a $5 bill, and he started wadding it up, and it looked like a, just a, a dirty bill to begin with, and he was wadding it up, and he threw it on the ground right in the middle of devotion. And we stopped everything because all the attention went to him. And, and he said, do you, do you see what I just did? I said, yeah. 
You threw that on the ground. He picked it back up and he said, Does that, did that money lose its value? It's dirty and it's been taped. But is, is, is it still worth $5? And everyone around said, yes, yes. He said, when I hear this scripture read, read tonight, he said, I, I realize that those around us think that We've lost our value. In fact, we have no value. But I believe that's not what Jesus says. And he is right. He was right. And he is right. We do not lose our value regardless of what happens, regardless of where we've gone, regardless of where we've been. We are loved and precious and valuable in the eyes of Jesus. And the passage that says, if I be lifted up, regardless of where we've been, regardless of what we've done, I'll draw others to myself. I want to take you back to the lady with the chicken sandwich. She came back to me and she said, this thing is smoking hot. You told me wrong. And she stormed off and she said, thanks to you. Thanks to you, I, I'm, I'm, my lunch is destroyed. It cooked too long. And I said, ma'am, let it cool and you can eat it. It's not fit to eat, she says. And you know, I just, I just shook my head and I thought, we had, we've all had those experiences, haven't we? Maybe your week has felt like that. Nothing's been right, it's been too hot or too cold. You've tried and you've failed or you've tried and you've succeeded and, and no one really appreciates, no one sees, no one knows what you're doing, no one knows that your love for Jesus Jesus does. And he says to us, let them see. Let them see me. He says to us, you who feel like you have no value, you who you feel like you are too far gone, Let them see me. And you see me. 
if I be lifted up. This is a disciple. This is a follower of Jesus. To lift up Christ. And to say whatever we are experiencing. I need thee. Every hour. Through our faith. Through our worship. Through our relationship. I want you this week to find out ways that people and to be conscious of everything that you do daily whether it be something outside of the Lord's work or or something just totally random I want you to be aware that people are looking for Jesus you search you live in love. And let's see how Jesus works through you. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, I thank you for the gift of your word today. I thank you for the joy of being a disciple. And I pray that you would lead us Lead us to people even when persons come and we have no idea what to do. But in your plan, you do. So lead us and love us and empower us that we might see you and that in turn, others would see Jesus. For Christ's sake. Amen.